Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There's a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael and Moscow three with you today. You can get our membership package, TSB Plus, if you fancy it. Uh, you get loads of stuff in there, dedicated podcast feed. You get all these podcasts ad-free. You get priority access to the match ball after a game, including access to the live stream, so you can see our sad little faces in real time, um, as it was this week. And, of course, it won't be next week after we've beaten those lot, but, uh, yeah, we'll mm. see. Hey, um, discounts on merchandise, daily email from Moscow as well, with all the essential Legion United news, plenty of stuff to get your teeth into, The squareball.net forward slash plus for details on that. This coming week, we've got something about Eric Cantona, which yes. you, you can enjoy. A two-parter. A glorious time 30 years ago when he was playing for Leeds and we still liked him. It's going to be a two-parter on the extra ball when we do that. First part probably happier than the second part. Mm. Although, although it's all sort of sad, isn't it, in the end? <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, the squareball.net forward slash plus for details on the membership package. Three parts then to the weekly show. The first bit is the Leeds United news. We've got the Man United preview coming up in a bit and then we'll pick Heroes and Villains in part three. Into the news then. And the big one is season tickets are out for renewal now on top of the all-new shiny SeatGeek platform, which should hopefully deliver substantial improvements on the ticketing situation at Leeds, which, let's face it, hasn't been great. And when we spoke to Angus Kinnear last summer, he was saying, like, you know, this stuff has been in the pipeline for a while. We know we need to improve it. So hopefully it will um, it will do that. As for season ticket renewals first, flat 10% increase across the board. It's all right, I suppose, isn't it? They probably missed the chance to do it last summer. When everybody yeah, was happy. True. Could have put up 30% last year yeah. and everyone had gone, well, things are going well. As it is this week, everyone's like, hey. 10% in the championship. Well, you get four more games, don't you? You get four more yeah, games, I mean, that, that is the obvious caveat. If we go down, 10% is absolutely not acceptable to anyone, nor is anything. <laughs> they could they could knock 50% off and if we go down, people would still be furious. We should just, well, we can just burn the whole place down, can't we? Yeah. Uh, if, if we do go down, because that's what I still feel. Like. Scorch the earth. Trample on the ashes, etc. Whatever the phrase is, just play at South Leeds Stadium because no one's going to want to go next year. So we'll, we can sell on the road. Finally, put that retail park on it. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> gone back to that Chilino innovation where we got twenty five percent back for not making the playoffs. Mm. Or was it fifty percent? Fifty percent, I think. Yeah, it was twenty five percent back if we made the playoffs and didn't go up, and then fifty percent back for not making the playoffs. Um, and Gary Monk to spite him. And it was also that if we had gone up, Chilino was staying. He was going to mm. carry on 50-50 with Radrizzani, wasn't he? So it was a right old uh, situation. <laughs> but then, you know, we you kind of, you wonder why we didn't have 
a lot of money to buy better players than bless him, old Caleb Ekubin and uh, Heidi Sacco with his 70 million release clause. <laughs> and you do remember that we gave half of our biggest source of income outside the Premier League back because Chilino was, was he just trying to, was it just like a favour thing? It's like, oh, like me, I'll give you my money back if, you, if the team is no good. He was doing his normal thing of being incredibly confident at a point, yeah. but then with this one, he had to actually give some money back. I, I don't know how many people actually took him up on it. I imagine mm. quite a lot did. Obviously, I had my 20-year one at this point, so I I didn't get the chance to have money back, but I would have done. Yeah, there was the other side of it as well. It was like, if you take, they start to put the emotional blackmail mm. on, if, uh, if you leave that money in, it will go to support the, the kiddies at the academy, and you like kiddies, don't you? Everybody, the welfare of the kiddies is the most important thing, but if you want your money to go and spend it on things that are not children... <laughs> who are our future, then that's on you. I was just um, getting caught up in thoughts about owners then as you were talking about that and my mind went on to like the 49ers if they do take over in the summer um, and we are back in the championship, what will they make of being back there? And it just led me on to thinking about Jed York who's the name that comes up a lot when it comes to the 49ers. So I've just looked him up and his name is actually John Edward York. So he Uh, is contracting, it's John and Edward like Jedward. Yes, Jedward York. Yes, so he's actually Jedward York, which I think is amazing. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he's only 40. How old well, do you think he was? I just, well, I think a lot of the NFL owners are dead old. Well, he, I think his parents own it, don't yeah, they? Yeah, De- they Denise and John. Uh, and they're proper old. Yeah. Uh, whereas he's the uh, the young thrusting, he's basically the um, Urkel Cellino to to his parents, Massimo. <laughs> um, Jesus. Or, or Kendall Roy. For Logan Roy, if you've seen Succession as well. It's um, strange. There is no sort of mention of like a concession for relegation, is there, apart from the poster, like the image for promoting the season ticket renewals is Stuart Dallas, who feels like a very safe, or because he'll be in next season, mm. won't he? So it's kind of, there's not a Rafinha, a, a Phillips, a, a Melier on there. It's well, Stewie, not only can you play everywhere, but he can sell season tickets without upsetting anybody. I mean, they haven't raised prices on the the um, general admission of this for what, like a decade or more now. So, to, to the credit of Ken Bates, his prices were future proof. <laughs> they were so horrendously expensive at a point. It, it, no one has seen any need to raise them for such a long time. Yeah, because when you say they haven't increased since uh, for 10 years, 10 years ago, we were just out of League One paying this money for Billy not, Painter. Not Premier League football whatsoever. And we were. Um, 15th in the championship, essentially, weren't we? That kind Even of in League One, we were charging more than some Premier League clubs for mm. season tickets, so it has taken a long time to, to catch up. Um, oh, what was it Ken said, though, about that? If you want... Yeah, if you want Premier League. If you want... Do it. Or do I need a wetter mouth? <laughs> oh, God. So the iron, brew, that, the, the, iron, <laughs> the iron brew is down, is your mouth wet? Here we go. You want Premier League... What's my Premier League prices? It is, it's going to have a little bit of food in the mouth, and you'll find them almost... He'd be captured. <laughs> dribbling it out. But, nevertheless, obviously you have to um, swallow it. And that's what we did with the season ticket prices. I do wonder sometimes what maybe our newer listeners make of that. Maybe people have just got on board the uh, the hype train mm. in the last few years. We League to, and all that. We have to suffer through the real thing. Yeah. yeah. So this this is a generous Half version an hour of a it. week on Yorkshire Radio. Or whatever it was. Um, yeah. I, I, the other thing that has improved since Bates actually was it Chilino changed this but for ages Bates had the because I can still remember the graphic we did in um, Square Ball with circles of showing the prices 
and our children's prices were ridiculously expensive as well at one stage because I think he we didn't, didn't care about the kiddies at all, did he? No, and I think we didn't make any any sort of price difference between like a four year old and a fifteen year old either. So if you're taking like you've got kids, they don't basically pay attention to anything, do they? Until no. they're about until they're about ten. Yeah, so, even now my ten year old he, he struggles with sitting through a full game because yeah. it's not like playing FIFA that's fun. So you're essentially being asked to you know pay like. 200 quid to take someone who would sit and eat sweets for uh, for, for the full afternoon. So, um, <laughs> children's prices are now, are now half reasonable as well. But yeah. I think the overall price of them is, is not too bad, generally speaking. Yeah, it's kind of all right. I know people will probably say we're sucking up to the club or something here, but you know. It, in, the the grand, is, in the grand scheme of things, it's all right. I mean, look, I mean, there is a cost of living crisis and so on. We, we need to acknowledge that the mm. cost of everything is going up. Like, you know, energy bills in this country are about to go through the absolute fucking roof, which are mm. obscene. But, um, you know, so it's it's against the backdrop of that, but taken in isolation, I mean, I, I can understand it. I mean, if it's 500 quid, it's 50 quid, isn't it? You do still look at the prices of Arsenal and Scum and all that, the, the very top level, and it's um it's two ways in that they can afford better players because they've got more income from the season tickets, but then you also wonder how the hell anybody can ever afford to go and watch them play. I think it does still seem to be, I think the worry, part of the worry in the Premier League and still will exist there with staging redevelopment if we end up with a like massive stadium is at what point we get a huge price hike. Doesn't feel like this is it. It's a small it's a hike. Mm. But they've resisted the temptation because it must be there where you think we'd probably still sell that stadium out if we just whack the prices up big style. Mm. All right, Ken. Well exactly. You can take the Ken Bates approach and just price it at the top. Ken, Ken Bates did it the other can. way though, in that he knew he knew there was a minimum attendance, more or less, and you could charge those. You could charge like twelve thousand people, mm. whatever, and they would have to come. Whereas we're now in a position of you can probably charge, you know, fifty thousand people a fairly a fairly large amount, and they'll still come. And you hope it was, it was always squeezing the minority with with Bates's approach. In yes, in many ways, um, and Bates is uh, <laughs> it, it backfired on him because he put the prices up so high that we stopped breaking even. Um, we went. We had crowds below the break-even point that we needed to, which was our fault for not going, <laughs> um, not attending in more numbers. Why are you not enjoying this more? Yeah, and, paying a fortune for some absolute shit. And not to forget that he mortgaged the season ticket money as well, mm. so he could redevelop the East Stand. Yes, one of the things we discovered as he was leaving that the uh, it wasn't only Fab Delph who paid for the East Stand um, exec boxes. It was our season ticket money for the three seasons ahead that. Um, that then GFH managed to find ways of taking loans out upon as well, not necessarily to the club's benefits. Um, so we've had a long journey, haven't we, to get to this point. Although and, those corporate areas are now full mm, at yeah, last. that was the thing, is what do you do first? I suppose that's the way lead to kind of doing it now. Like, we'll wait until we are in the Premier League for we can be a bit more confident about the long term. Then we'll build the West Stand, whereas what we had with the East Stand was Bates doing it first, mm. building all that stuff before anybody even wanted. I mean, that was the thing with you winning his competition to go in an executive box. One, that there was an executive box free that they could just give to competition winners. Two, that you kept winning the competition because nobody was entering the competition because nobody wanted to go. Um, three, I only, wanted, it I only on won it twice and I only went once. But how many times did you enter? Twice. <laughs> so enter twice, win twice, which was the other thing. Good hit rate. Nobody was listening to his radio station, which was the uh, where mm -hmm. it was publicised. So it was really... Two people at work I told about it as well, also won in the first week they entered. It was so ridiculous. It, 
So how easy it was to just, uh, well, how difficult it was to sell those boxes. And um, and they didn't really take long to put in. Like it was half a season, a summer and then half a season to get that done, wasn't it? So if we had spent the money on a team and then got promoted, you could then have gone, right, we'll put those boxes in because now they're worth it in the Premier League. But Bates is, that's not, the, that wasn't Bates's. Uh, way around of doing things but the other side of this is and you can see this in the example of looking at like Chelsea Village and how dated and shit that looks now was that he never did it very well either like like the the sign off the spec was always Mm. crap and and one of the things that has perhaps slipped under the radar a little bit since Rad Rosani has come in is that they've tarted up the corporate areas to make them look pretty cool Mm. like there's one in the West Mm. Stand as well where it's all stripped back you know exposed ducting and that kind of thing which is very exposed asbestos yeah which is is very fashionable these days but it's the same thing like the the chairman suite you know where they they were all kind of celebrating when we got promoted all the stuff that's in the documentary Mm. that's all been redone as well that used to be Ken's private box didn't it in the middle and that's now that's now all opened up into it's called the the Legends Lounge I can't remember now it's all like one big open plan bit isn't it but um, yeah I mean if we do if we do like do a good job of the West Stand which you kind of hope we will the East End will look really shit. I mean, the East End already looks shit with the horrible beige cladding still with the 90s blue and grey bits stuck on it. It's the whole thing's I think, an absolute yeah. catastrophe. And from the inside, it kind of looks all right. Mm. But com- from, out, from outside, you sort of go, ooh. Doesn't it confuse your brain, though? So I, I obviously started, I started going like in the early 80s as a little kid, but I can remember sort of the, the mid-80s is my first proper memories of, of Leeds United. So being there in the mid-80s, looking at the West Stand, which was 30 years old at that point, We've now got an East stand that's 30 years old, but that doesn't work in my mind. I, I can't compute the two and not mm. the equivalent because they're obviously different building standards and like I say, a little bit less asbestos, but mm. it's mental, isn't it? Time has slowed down this century in lots of ways. That's right. a very big subject. <laughs> <laughs> but let's do it right now on the Squareball podcast. Uh, onto the Seat Geek side of things and the platform. This is much welcomed, isn't it? I mean, because I don't think anyone's... We don't, we don't know yet. Mm, see how shit. it works. Well, they, they claim it's exciting. So if it's not exciting... I will feel miffed. Well, because and de- also I want to know how exciting it can be. The demand to sell like, me a ticket, away tickets, and so on is it's, it's always a thorny subject, and it never pleases everybody or anybody. Like you know the the diehard loyal ones who go every week kind of feel like they want to be able to go every week, and then other people want access to it, so they don't like the diehard loyals who, who want to go every week. And there's always some sort of tension around it, and hopefully they will be able to at least add another layer of fairness to it. Mm-hmm. But who determines that fairness yeah. is? A conversation for another day, isn't it? Well, they've said one of the things they can do is ballots. Yeah. But, I mean, the problem then you'll get is that everyone will put themselves in for every ballot and think, well, I forget one. I can then decide to go. And then you end mm. up with a... You can then end up creating a, a large secondary market of tickets. Even if people aren't selling them on at a profit, you can get people who will just a- apply for tickets because they'll think, ah, well, I might go. And I'll see if, I'll see which of my mates get tickets. But then, like, the ballot system, I think from what, like, Angus Kinney was talking to us about which I mean it's a, like, nearly a year ago now so I forget but he was sort of saying like you could maybe if you are successful in one draw then you're excluded from the next one so you've got to be careful mm. about which ones you apply for mm. because you could then miss yeah, out on the, the following game it is weird how complicated the things become and sort of we revel in the, the complications a bit some of the conversations about the the idea of a ballot and exactly that thing where anybody can just say I want to go to that game and then they'll find out if they get a ticket or not later takes away from people who've developed these incredibly complicated and successful systems for being available to log on at the right time with like six different browser windows open using two different computers all the things that they do to try and make sure that they get a ticket for that game have become almost a rite of passage and a lot of people are saying that like just being able to put in and say I want a ticket and you get one is too easy you should have to go through all these things and 
you know, feel like you've earned it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're not wrong because, yeah, you sh there should. It feels like there should be a, a process. But like SeatGeek, when you look at the other things that they do, they do some N NFL teams, not the 49ers, intriguingly, MLS, and the Lloyd Webber Theatre Group. And I can't imagine. Well, there is some competition with tickets in some ways, isn't it? Where people are always are like, oh, you have to be there at the right time to get it. But I can't imagine people like, do people when they're going for cats, if you haven't earned the right to the ticket, if you didn't put the hours in of getting all the browser windows open, then you can't go. Surely in any sort of sane world, if you want to go and see a football match or cats, you just... I like how it's cats. What else does Andrew Lloyd Webber done? Other ones. Other. It, yeah, cats, etc. Then <laughs> Michael's Googling his He's not the only musical producer, but anyway, yeah. But he's the only well, Mamma the Lloyd, Mamma Mia. The Lloyd Webber Theatre Group. Yeah. Joseph, of course. Yeah. And his technical dream cult. That's one. <laughs> but if you want to go and see Joseph Gelhart and his technical dream cult. It'll you... be Tyler Roberts instead. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we are yeah. using the understudy, Tyler Roberts. <laughs> All you should have to do is you pay the price of the ticket and you get the ticket and you go. But we somehow built in this the idea that we have to go through this horrendous time consuming awful process to earn a ticket when really it should just be ticking a, a ticket. Tick in a box or whatever. Get it, yeah. get it back to queuing up outside the, the stadium. That's That was a better system, I think. Everyone should have to travel to Leeds on the morning and, and get in a line. And it's part of the, the need for the system is that weird Premier League rule that caps how many away tickets you can have at 3,000, which seems to be entirely based around the idea that clubs like, you know, Brighton, Brentford... Watford, who have no fans, are the the <laughs> the, the bellwether. You're talking so, about you're talking about League One Championship club. We, so we can snuck in, yeah. So we can accommodate those, but then it seems like us who would take seven thousand to Blackburn and at a minimum more if we could, and don't have the opportunity to do that because that can, that generates this bottleneck where you have people who basically people who have developed those systems. I respect them for doing it, but I really wish they didn't have to bother. I wish they could just have a ticket. Mm. And they could just go and spend that time at perhaps an urban farm petting a donkey or some, doing something nice that would make them feel better <laughs> than stressing out about whether you can go to a game or not. If people want to go to a game, they should just be able to go and, to a game. And Moscow, if you want to have a, a day off and go pet some donkeys, I think we're fine with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice. But the other side to this is the, um, like the digital tickets as well, which is probably a much mm. needed um, addition to it, whether it's you know QR code or NFC or whatever it might be. Just wave your phone at the turnstile and then it won't work. Um, as we as we know yes and then, <laughs> but the number of people who get referred back round to the ticket office on a weekly basis yeah and that does then um, have a knock on for the just giving somebody a ticket if you can't go thing I don't know if there's things in place I don't know if I'm imagining it but don't Liverpool and Manchester City who use this platform isn't there a thing where you can just nominate some people on your account where like, friends and I, family yeah yeah, yeah, yeah if yeah, I can't yeah. go Michael can have my ticket and it's kind of it's legit that needs to be involved somehow mm. because one of the, the consequences of the high price and the scarcity is that people buy tickets to defend their space and you think if I can go to 15 home games but I'm going to miss three or four through work or whatever you buy the season ticket anyway because if you don't get the season ticket you can't get back on and you need to give some uh, leeway to kind of legitimise that thing of just going I'm not fleecing the club I have paid for a ticket I can't go to this game so to fill that mm. seat, I am going to give it to my trusted companion and friend, Michael. Yeah. And he will go and it will be fine instead of, it, for some reason, clubs seem to regard that as a 
terrible, verboten, mm. forbidden thing to do of just letting somebody else go. And so, I mean, some people buy season tickets to share, don't they, as well? People who maybe know they can't get to every game or like people who sometimes, if people have got kids or whatever, they it's might say like yeah. the regulations, you know, Michael. Not, you, can, you go one week, I'll go the next. Not transferable. But yeah, that sort of stuff is technically against the rules, but you know. But I think, I so don't well. know if I'm imagining it that it's been made within the rules at some of the clubs where it's there's mm. a way of, of doing it and um, I would support that sort of thing coming on board because with the you don't just share it because of how many games you can go to but share it because of the cost mm. yeah. it, even though ours are relatively affordable compared to the rest of the Premier League it's, it's still a lot of money mm. I'm glad they've updated the system though because the whole thing does feel a bit shit doesn't it let's be honest I mean it's got a fancy uh, new graphic of the ground where you can look out to choose where your seat is and then um, or maybe actually if we're on the SeatGeek platform and it it's at what we've got Man City, Liverpool, Newcastle, Leicester. But as you were saying, like the um the Lloyd Webber Theatre Group are using it. New Orleans Saints, Arizona Cardinals as well in the gridiron. Maybe if you want to, you could go to a different sport or the theatre with your same ticket. You could do you could do friends and family within that. Oh, you do a swap. Yeah. Something maybe. And this week I'm gonna go with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. Just pop over. Go see cats instead of Leeds against Man U this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Just, I've been waiting for ages for this game, but <laughs> I fancy seeing Mr. Mistopheles. I like expresses on. I could kind of fancy that as well. <laughs> Should be good. Well, we look forward to it. Um, and what we will find in bright new shiny Ellen Road is no one's getting pepper sprayed like happened at Everton the weekend, mm. which the Merseyside police have said was a proportionate response to uh, what happened. Mm. Yeah, they've investigated it very quickly. I mean, it happened on Saturday and it's now Tuesday and they're saying, yeah, we uh, we referred it to our investigations to make sure we did the right thing and they say it was fine. Seems like if you compare it to other investigations of other things that are happening or have happened, that seemed remarkably quick. Mm. The police are tend to be; they do tend to be quite quick um, at and, formulating conclusions. When investigating themselves, yeah. in particular, the very, stuff we uh, did was fine. Yeah, we we've checked and it was it was fine. <laughs> and all of the um, body cam footage has gone mysteriously missing. Is the other thing that that does seem to happen. I, I'm not saying that's happened in this case, by the way, but um, that sort of stuff does mm. tend to go on, doesn't it? That mm. some some people yeah. and some evidence was not available, but yeah. we assure the you... The server it, was dropped can, into the North Sea. We can assure you it was fine. It was Rebecca Vardy's account. It's um, <laughs> Pepper spray does seem like a big leap. You don't yeah. often hear... Um, What's wrong with a good old-fashioned baton? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, exactly. Batons they the have head. other tools, don't at least, they? At least a baton is more directional, whereas you can get a lot of secondary pepper spraying, can't you, if you start, if you start throwing gases about? It's not something you really want being sprayed around willy-nilly. I mean, the away end could stink at the best of times, but that's taken it to a another level. But um, obviously, weren't there. Don't know exactly what mm. went on, but I think it's best if the pepper is kept for food. Yes, absolutely. And just to wrap up everything else that happened, under-23s and Leeds United women both postponed, so nothing on those fronts, weather, etc. Uh, uh, the under-23s did play at Ellen Road against Liverpool, 8,500 there, which is awesome. Which You're- is more than... We got for some Ken Bates games to circle us back to where we started. I remember yeah. there being 7,000 and some against Barnet, which was, I think, a League Cup game. Ian Thomas Moore scored in that. Classic. No one, hardly anyone there to see it. Um, but yeah, hey, you know, 1,000 for an under-23s yeah. game is very, very young, good. Young lad Somerville in the uh, 23s. Mm. This is a big answer game, wasn't it? And he did the full, uh, when he scored his penalty, when found a photographer ran towards them and did his uh, hands over the ears celebration that was then on Instagram the next day. So he had all that sorted out. Which I'm not sure really helped. Mm. <laughs> not sure, but he did get back on the bench, uh, didn't he? For um, 
the Everton game, not off the bench, but it didn't. It's always it is an interesting side that because Bielsa has made it very clear what he will do if somebody comes to him and says, "I want to go out on loan." This he will say, "Fine," but he's not actually addressed what he would do if that player then doesn't go. And I think we are seeing the answer that the door is not closed. Somerville now it just starts again. I guess he's just pe- peeking through the glass, trying to get seen. Yeah, and Marcel's going no, but he did go well bench. So he's not being ostracised, and I think there were some people who were worried that we will never see Somerville again, and he'll be sold in summer. But I think he just goes. I think I've said this before about Bielsa. He seems to have a very binary idea of whether if an, if a player is injured, he just says, "Well, they're they're not available, and they're not in my thinking." And then when they're back, they're back. And I think it will be the same with Somerville. If he goes, fine. He's not here. If he's here, he's here, and I he's training like everybody else. And I will not use it. <laughs> no. Well, if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't turn it on like Tyler in training. The other good thing that I enjoyed from this was um, um, when Somerville won the second penalty, Max Dean had let him take the first one. Had kind of gone, all right, yeah, you're going to do your Instagram stuff out. Sorry, so <laughs> on you, on you go. But then for this one, Somerville was lying on the floor, injured, apparently sobbing, like holding his ankle, and there was absolutely like, is he actually hurt? Max Dean goes over and you think, oh, Max Dean's going to see if he's all right. And there's, you saw Somerville look at him and like go, what? And then nod. And Dean had just said, can I have, can I take the penalty? Right. Take the ball when just left him there in a, in a in a crumpled heap. <laughs> Didn't care. Did not care. And I like that about Max Dean. He should have played against Everton. Dean. All the Scousers. We've got loads of Scousers. We didn't yeah. we didn't utilise them, did we? Because Could we've have got, called him Dixie, couldn't we? We've got Forshaw, we've got Gelhart. McGurkey's a Scouser as well, mm. isn't he? And and Max Dean. Are there any more? We we're very scouts at the minute, actually. Did you say Forshaw? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's Who the, is the Everton fan. Yeah. And uh Max Dean was there, wasn't he? I think at some point. I think he was there as a like 15, 16 year old mm. something was Max Dean 50p to look after your car mister that sort of thing etc <laughs> right uh, that wraps up part one whoa 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 of... you're missing over the no you're missing out the transfer news Calvin's definitely staying oh great that's good news uh, has he signed a contract has he made an announcement was he on has he done an interview where he says no but Paddy Kenny says he's staying he's been talking to Football Insider and he I've says, got a question he says he's come through the ranks at Leeds there'll be a lot of clubs interested in him but I'm 100% sure they'll get it sorted. That's that's a lot of certainty. That's a, that's a guarantee from Paddy Kenny. That's a big claim from somebody who has like 10% of his eyebrows left. <laughs> that does wrap up part one, doesn't okay. it, of, uh, of the show? All right. You sound like you're not giving Paddy Kenny much respect there, but never mind. If you're heading to Ellen Road over the coming weeks, look out for the brand new billboard on the motorway. The one that says the future is mighty, leads, leads, leads. Mighty are a local alternative milk company aiming to get a million drinkers on board with their milk instead. The brand new Milkology range is made with oats and split peas and it gives you the taste and look of normal milk just with fewer cows. It's perfect for you if you can't handle dairy, plus it's miles better for the environment and you can get more details at mightydrinks.com. Best bit, of course, big Leeds fans. Mightydrinks.com for more details. We are previewing Manchester United now at home on Sunday. Gritted teeth there, Michael. If, mm. you're, if you're on the audio version, you won't see that. If you're on the video, you don't look convinced by this. I was saying, was it on uh, propaganda? I was saying, like, expectations being lowered so far now because of the uh, the game against Everton that, whatever. I'm hugely looking forward to it, I have to say. It, what, for the toxic atmosphere? Yeah. <laughs> Great, and it makes you feel alive, that sort of stuff. It it's going yeah. to be absolutely awful. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> but the, the game itself, yeah, probably do without. It's a weird one, isn't it? Like, I sort of fully expect us to get pumped and them to turn into prime Brazil because they've been crap under Ragnick. They've been just really indifferent, haven't they? 
When did he take over? Was it after the Watford game? They lost 4-1 at Watford. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably it. You can't uh, lose 4-1 at Watford, can you? No, I think they, they maybe limped on a little while when it was the Chelsea one. But anyway, but yeah, it's kind of, they are horrible. They're terrible. What a dreadful team. They've lost two in... How many games is that that I'm looking at? Yeah, they've drawn loads, haven't they? But is I think that's that, the thing. I mean, They're still really unhappy with bad. it. I know, but... This Ranyak, as uh, Webby and O'Neill call him. This four, ran, five, problem with this Ranyak. seven, eight. Since losing to Watford, they've won seven. I just counted, I can't remember. It's, they've won eight games and they've only lost two. That's in 16. Apparently this is terrible. We're it's, talking about Manchester United Football Club. Manchester United. Manchester United. This is this is Manchester United Football Club. I mean, you talk about entitlement. It's Manchester United. Exactly. It's a football club. One of the worst aspects of this is it's a football club. Is going to be in pre- Manchester Premier League Twitter, isn't it? You know, all mm. of the horrible fanboys. Really easy solution to that. Just don't turn it off. It. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Don't look at it. But it's funny, isn't it? Like in the wake of um, of the Everton game. I did nothing but doom scroll for like two days. I promised myself to divorce. I divorced myself from it completely. Like I didn't watch match of the day. Didn't do any reading of any reports or anything like that. Just like, nah, not having any of it, but still doom scroll for the absolute worst version. Yeah. And I'm sat there thinking, why am I doing this to myself? Just put it down. But I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I I guess I'm hoping for something to make me feel better. (laughs) But you won't find it there. Didn't really work. No. No. But yeah, that was 16 games, by the way, Moscow. They've lost, they've lost two in 16, but yeah, a lot of draws Mm -hmm. in there. But one eight. Yeah. And that's more than we've won all season. Yeah. <laughs> and they're terrible. That the, This Ranyak guy, they need him out as soon as possible because this isn't good enough. Oh. Although, it's, isn't it funny though? Because there is there is kind of a, this little narrative emerging that like his methods are too old school and the, the players don't buy into it. There's something mm. not quite right there. Mm. Yeah, all the players are horrible bastards. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're not they even are. just the ones that are, you know, under police investigation but, or should be. But they are they are a shadow of the the club that they used to be yeah, which, which is funny good. isn't it to a, to a certain extent the goal that Burnley scored against him I mean we heard on propaganda the guy talking about Slabby Maguire but yeah the, that was brought about they let that um, it's Veghorst the new 6 foot 6 striker do like a full Cruyff um, which it wasn't it was a pathetic little turn but it was still enough to send Harry Maguire galloping into uh, Scott McTominay knocking the two of them to the ground and it's great how somebody who can be £80 million worth of transfer fee England International Probably. I mean, at Leicester, he look, you, you're talking about him and Van Dijk as the two best defenders in the world. And Manchester United, circa 2022, somehow manages to turn him into... I don't think I've ever seen Liam Cooper do anything that that bad. And I've seen Liam Cooper do loads of terrible things. But <laughs> he, he has turned into a, uh, the sort of pre-Bielsa Liam Cooper, yeah. hasn't he? That's great. <laughs> and that's, physical comedy. And when you look through the manager's... Um, Solskjaer and then Rangnick. I don't know, was he there before? He was, wasn't he, before Solskjaer? Who was? Maguire, was he? Has he been there that long? God, I can't remember. But but you start to think it's not the influence of the coaches that are doing this to him. So who else is it? It's got to be the players. So all, and you know, what's coming out at the moment where the players want Pochettino next season, it's a dangerous Mm. line because if you're just indulging them even more, that's not going to end up with good results. They signed him in the summer of 2019. It feels like he's been there a lot longer, but yeah, it's only, it's only, so a, it's only three years. He's a player, isn't he? Yeah. Wow. And he was named club captain. I'm sure he'll score from a corner now anyway. He'll, he'll... I mean, it's got, the thing is, they probably will. They probably will beat us. But their season as a whole, though, it's weird because over summer, they were, oh, the Glazers need to spend money. We need mm. to invest the mo- in it. The most expensive squad ever assembled. And they bought Varane, who was meant to solve their defence. They got Sancho, who they've been after for like 18 months 
for the wing and they got Ronaldo who the best player in the world is going to change the culture of the club all this sort of stuff and he has arguably but just not necessarily in the way they thought yes yes, potentially he has brought something to the dressing room but none of that has worked essentially they're exactly the same team as they were before only maybe slightly worse and with a highly paid narcissist up front Um, and that's the the kindest thing I can say about him and it's the best thing legally I think as well yes so that's been kind of enjoyable. It doesn't change the fact that I can imagine Ronaldo scoring on yeah, the weekend. I mean, if he does that Sue thing in front of our cop, I just fear for what might happen. And don't don't get your phones out. That's I all mean, I'll say. I mean, truthfully, nor do I care what happens if he does it in front of the cop. Um, <laughs> They'll take him out in, in a bag. I'm not, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. They think, well, you're on your own, really. If you're gonna, if, I'm sure that if he would be ill-advised for him mm. to do that. I would um, say that for the sake of our Premier League survival, whatever happens needs to be on the right side of a points deduction, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> it's just, that's got to be borne in mind as, as we're risk assessing what may happen. In, in a football sense, there is actually a, a fascinating matchup here in that we've seen that great big chasm, that void that we tend to vacate in the, um, in the middle of the pitch. And they seemingly play quite narrow. There's talk of some Batshit mental four two 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 formation or whatever it's too many players. Ah shit, I've lost count. Yeah, and we play obviously very very wide and mm. high. Um, mm. So how will that play out? You think with a Leeds United win, it'll play out with in the same ways it did in the the game at Old Trafford, probably with Pogba and Fernandez doing exactly as they want in that through that midfield. It does feel like there's a beautiful element of chaos about this game, though, doesn't it? Like there's a there's a, a lingering unknowable chaos just lurking somewhere. Mm. Yeah, there is. If we start with the same team... Which we won't, surely. Oh, would it surprise you? Yes, it would, because would I think it? He, he spoke about his error with Forshaw. Bill, have been just talking to Click all week in training, going, you just need to do you this. You can do this. You can do... I'm, I'm going to tell you now what to do, and then you got on Saturday, on, on Sunday, you can go and do it. And he'll be like, oh... You cannot leave Mateus Click to pick up Bruno Fernandes. That is what I am saying. It won't, that, will, that will not happen. McTominay. Yeah. So you're saying we should start Tyler Roberts? Yes, in the deep-lying midfield role. I think it's... Well, we've not seen him play it yet, have we? No, no I'll give him a goal. Yeah, I, I think Forshaw has to start. Yes. And click, probably. I would try and play more midfield in midfield, is what I would like in this. And mm. I wouldn't mind seeing Rodrigo up front either, to be honest. Mm. Because they're going to be one up front, more than likely, um, we do have... It will mean that two at the back, and it means that the player picking up Fernandez is more likely to be a uh, cock or strike, isn't it? So we'll probably have yeah. a defender there. And then there is then the temptation that Click stays because he's further forward, being more attacking and not being relied on. You can actually almost, because they play two sort of holding players, you could almost argue for having two slightly yeah. more advanced players, can you? To yeah. force them back, so try to make Pogba's... Shit, we're talking about tactics here. Pogba's Christ. got to worry about Click more than Click's got to worry about Pogba and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm not confident... In that, I would think for sure, for sure, just makes us play better. Even the second half against Everton, it didn't, it wasn't better, but we weren't worse. Um, I think we heard those Everton fans sort of saying that we kept playing our football to the end, and you could see it just kept breaking down exactly the same ways. But for sure, did have the get the ball past the ball business that was completely absent from the first half. So I would, I would rather see for sure um, ahead of it'll probably be Cock in midfield because we like striking Urante as defenders at the moment and then maybe it's click ahead of um, for sure I think he'll play Rodrigo because he wants to and he has to well the value then of um, Daniel James running at Harry Maguire is not to be sniffed at 
is it so him staying as a striker? Because I don't know if Daniel James is really droppable at the moment because of how he's been playing. So if you're keeping him in the team, are you putting Rafinha on the bench because he's saying the game and a half against Villa and Everton weren't good enough? No, I think Click will make way. I think Click makes way here, almost certainly. But we'll see. Um, we'll see. I think this is the thing, right, with this game that when we're good, we're better than far better than the sum of our parts. That's what Bielsa does. My fear with this game is that, and as we found in the games against them over the last couple of years, is that they're just better all round on an individual basis. And if you can win your individual battles against us, as we saw with Everton when we were breaking that down, was it on Propaganda Moscow? We were, um, we were saying like, you know, the number of individuals that were beaten in the run-up to the, their goals. That That's what worries me mm. about, and, and about this game. But, to look, to know, look more recently as well at the Villa game, that was a game that we were essentially dominant in for the most part but Coutinho did some really good bits in it just bits of quality to beat a, a man and it completely broke apart the structure he had and whatever you think of Pogba and Fernandez and even Man United fans are critical of them to a large extent at the moment they can still do stuff like that yeah that's the big risk when you come up, up against the most expensive football squad that has ever been assembled in history is that even if as a team generally those damn glazers it's a horrible mess one on one there's a lot of hundred million pound footballers in there, and our hundred million pound footballer is Calvin Phillips, who's injured. So, trying to win those battles is difficult. But we got a nil nil against them last year, and the atmosphere may well be part of it because Newcastle are riding the wave of their home atmosphere with the games that they're winning at home. Everton, we've seen the difference over the last seven days between them beating Brentford then us at Goodison Park in an atmosphere that is, you know, everybody's really happy about the new manager and everything that's happening and then going away to Newcastle and looking absolutely terrible. So hopefully, can we say Leeds fans will be a factor in this, in, you know, sending some of these horrible monsters scuttling away in tears. Mm, it'll, be some, it'll be different to what they are used to, I think, in terms of an atmosphere because they, won't, they haven't experienced this before and I'm sure... Man United players don't get a fine reception at Anfield and Man City either, but it's something a bit new. We've, we've got a lot of <laughs> threat, threat level feels high. We've got it does. We've got a lot of we've got a lot of pent up anger. I feel over the of the not playing them for so long in the league. It was it was it was a, an easy introduction from last year at Ellen Road because it was a fairly meaningless end of season vibe to it, and it was a draw and well, it was empty. Yeah, exactly. Not nothing happened, did it? It was a, it was a fairly nothing sort of game. No crowd there. Mm. It's, feel, it's funny, isn't it? The parameters for the crowd with this one, they feel quite wide in that if things go well, it's going to be amazing. It'll be one of the best mm. days out we've had in many a year, even that, even though that feels unlikely at this stage. But if the wheels do come off during this one, I dread to think what, what it'll turn out like. Yeah, will, it be, will, it be, will it be trudging disappointment or do you think that it starts to turn toxic? I don't think toxic's necessary though. That's the thing, like being 15th in the Premier League, losing to scum, it's not ideal, but also it's not like it's not like anybody's doing anything terrible. If we were twentieth, yeah, but sort of lower mid table as we are, it doesn't feel like there's an excuse for for being toxic against Leeds United. But it's lower mid table teetering, isn't it? I think it's the teeter. It's what what we're on the edge of, of, of teetering into <laughs> that um, that people are worried about. It's the fear manifesting itself in poison. I, I don't want to see it, but you know. Crowds, crowds could potentially turn. Let's put it, put it this way: if it shapes up like the Arsenal game, I feel like it'll be a different reaction to what happened against Arsenal. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair to say. In, in my head, I've been building this weird fast-forwarded 1996 thing all week, where the three-nil against Everton is like the League Cup final, where it felt like everything was wrong, 
and then we go and lose to Scum as we did like actually months after and then we change manager and it all it all turns and it's going to be a, a, a weird kind of microcosm of that right but it shouldn't happen should it no the funny thing is like, again going back to the themes that we were touching on in, in propaganda and the nature of the Premier League is that like when I was growing up, I'm like, I look back to the games during the 90s, like that Christmas Eve game is always held up as an example of just a great Leeds performance where we were dominant. The atmosphere was absolutely bouncing. I mean, if you watch that video back, the sound of the crowd and stuff, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the passage of time or the way that the Premier League is now, but the dice are so heavily loaded in favour of the top clubs with the most money that I, I struggle to find it that upsetting if, if we do lose to these. I'm, it'll hurt like hell. I will, I'll probably be able to shut this one out a little bit easier than Everton, I think. I don't mm. know. Yeah, because we should have beaten Everton, whereas this is part of a... <laughs> based on? Well, based on us, just in general. Yeah, like, yeah. Take, I, like, know, I know, I know. In, on the day, they played better. As, but I mean, going into it, when you look down the fixture list, like we should beat Everton and lose to Scum. It's kind of like the, yeah. the order of the Premier League. Um, so not beating Everton is ostensibly worse than losing to Scum. We'll, we're not going to, um, would be. But that's the thing is kind of putting it in its um, proportion of just, yeah, it is the modern Premier League and is it possible to just write these games off? And if you don't write them off, what are the implications? Because we're talking about, you know, you're liking it, likening it to the last days of Wilkinson, which would mean sacking the manager in the end. I know you're not calling for him to be sacked, but we're putting it in that kind of mm. thing. Is you're then letting a result that is so distorted by the Premier League like there's a rationale for sacking Bielsa for Everton but against the most expensive squad in world football history you kind of almost go well, what did you expect apart from losing to him and even you know they're terrible over the last three months they've won 50% of the games <laughs> um, and only lost two it's like that's kind of what you're up against so I, I wouldn't like this game or the Man City game uh, as was or um, the Liverpool games, either home or away, to be the ones that decide Bielsa's fate or the club's policy, what they decide to do in either direction. Like if we if we somehow beat them, I don't think we should be, you know, giving Bielsa like a ten year contract because he's pulled off something incredible. Nobody signed it. No, exactly. <laughs> You've just got to say this is a, a just a it's just a game and yeah. we just have to get through it and see what happens yeah. but attaching too much kind of too much of our future course to the result of this game I think would be I think a mistake what you're saying there is, is why it, I think it feels it probably feels less hurtful than like the Everton game and the Newcastle game which yeah. were the ones that really sort of counted but even still taking it on its own well, it's you know, used to, I was going to say it's because we're used to you know the, there was the league title battle I mean the, the period actually when results against Man United were kind of unforgivably shit were O'Leary era because we never managed to beat them mm. and we were actually a good side at that point but we still managed to lose pretty much every every week every time we played them or scrape the odd draw here and there although that disallowed bloody goal still I know I know <laughs> we did have the one 14th of September 2002 that was post wasn't that um, Venables by yeah so that's yeah, that shows and, and, how much better he was than... and Harry Kuehl scored that goal so it doesn't even count yeah true it's horrible to so in summary then with this one we expect to lose I would say just based even on you. what happened earlier in the season yeah I'm I'm, done, I'm done now with my optimism for this season okay good Just I just want to get us I mean the, the parameters for this season are just to stay up now I, I've realised there's no joy to be gained from any of it there might be some nice individual moments along the way but as a whole it's not 
a lot of fun. I just want it, I do just want it over with now. Mm. And if there's some fun to be had along the way, let's enjoy it and let's hope that beyond what the data and our historical knowledge of this season and the way that this is going, let's just hope there's a day in it for us that's fun. You never know, there might be. Probably won't be, but you never know. We've got to remember, in terms of the fixture list, get through, score Liverpool, Tottenham, and then it's Leicester, Norwich, Wolves, Southampton, Watford, and then we've got Chelsea, then Palace, yeah. and then City, Arsenal. Probably. So it's that, that, that run of games That run there, of games yeah. is the one where we need to find the answers and the form. These games, it is, if we get anything out of Scum, Liverpool, Tottenham, great. If we don't, it's just almost like, it's like holding your nose. It's like, it's going to stink for the next three games. But just try and do what you can to just get through it and then hope that the next few games will sort the season out. And then it is about getting to um, the end. Getting to the end. And <laughs> those three games, I mean... Bring on the end. Yeah, because these three <laughs> games next week, and they come very quickly shouldn't be the ones that dictate the rest of the season it's the ones after that if we come out of that having lost them all then we are in grim grim situations if we come out of that having won most of them then we can go into games against Chelsea and Manchester City and Arsenal towards the end of the season with a little bit more kind of like oh well, we might be able to do something now and even if we uh, we win these three games well actually if we've got nine points from the next nine games <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, be pleased three games, that. I'd be delighted about it, but we just got to get through it, haven't we? And then um, we've just got to get through it. Welcome to the it's Premier Daniel League. Beddingfield's. <laughs> it is Daniel Beddingfield's Premier League. And there we go. The rest of us just living it. And there's always hope. There is always hope. Kick off at uh, what time does it kick off? Two, Two o'clock. Yeah. That's um, optimistically late from the West Yorkshire Police. <laughs> Two o'clock. Yeah. Kicking off at nine in the morning. If they had any uh, <laughs> any any real um, sense about them, but we'll see how it's. Um, Goes. And there are other factors with this one, as we said. Atmosphere. Um, they are horrible as a team and things can happen beyond systems, tactics, expectations. It's the joy of the game in it. And then after five minutes when we're 2-0 out, very different day. Little question for you. Mm -hmm. Could I, I'm sort of asking for a friend here, could I need the services of a solicitor for singing mean songs about somebody in a football ground? Um, just looking ahead to this weekend. Are you thinking of anyone in particular? No, no, just no, just, just general, just a general footballer who might be on the pitch. Yeah, um, it, it depends. I mean, are you gonna are you looking to make specific allegations or no, no, is no, it a, just, a, more, a more general? A more asking, general? You think someone's not a good person? Something like that. So I don't okay. really like you. You're not my type of guy. Yeah, I think you can say that. That's fine. Fine, good. Keep, keep it in that sort of ballpark. Maybe just save for your uh, solicitor phone calls for <laughs> conveyancing. Yeah, Res res so. residential property disputes. You're definitely solicitors for those. Yeah, it, could I put it under personal dispute resolution? Singing mean things, or is that mm, probably a stretch? Mm. And for your business as well, because the all, all of these services you're listing, I know, I just just stuff off the top of my yeah. head. I think like, like licensing, debt recovery, commercial property disputes. You know, where where can you go for all that stuff? That's the real question. Well. It's not just about where you can go, it's about where you can go with a 10% discount on your legal fees. And that is levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. You are joking. <laughs> no, I'm not, honest. <laughs> someone, surely someone would have told me about this before now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we are doing Heroes and Villains in part three. Right. Ken Bates Villain of the Week award. You split this into two bits then kind of. Yeah, before when we've had two games in a week, I kind of blended them, but it feels like two very distinct games here. Yeah. So I feel the need, they can be dealt with as um, in, in batches. Because right. there's... Um, there's a lot of information on this sheet, so... <laughs> we can, look, I think, I feel like the Villa game is more or less gone. Right, but we're like still... In, every, in everyone's mind. It still but counts. We can, but we can still chip away at some... Let's rattle through them then. Let's go quick. Uh, and we have to say thanks to our TSB Plus members as well who've given us their nominations um, to go along with our own. So here we go. Right. So whoscored.com, let's start with them. Um, mm. They do deserve a bit of shit. I mean, if you are a long-time listener, we um, used to always describe them as internet charlatans for mm. making shit up. And this is finally proof that that is the case because they put Adam Forshaw in their worst 11 of the season. And this was then parroted by a lot of other sites who were looking for cheap clickbait stories when there were no games. They still remain... I think the statistically most advanced model that football has to offer, who scored.com. They also gave um, Tyrone Mings after our game against them, I think was um, declared pretty much the best player on the pitch by who scored.com's model, giving him the uh, correct praise for his three assists <laughs> to Leeds United. So don't besmirch who scored.com. I've long held that, um, you know, there's a reason why we rely on their pre-match modeling to guide our discussion of the games. What did we have for the scum preview? We had analysis from whoscored.com. Oh, great. <laughs> so we uh, we use them every time and I trust them. If they say Adam Forshaw's been one of the worst 11 players this season, I'm not here to doubt them. Right. Let's um, read the quote then that was um, put out by Football365. They said, having spent the vast majority of the last two seasons out through injury, Forshaw's performances in the Premier League this term were enough to persuade Leeds to offer him a two-year extension. It's not entirely clear why. It is. Mm. It really, really is because he's come in and he's been excellent. So fuck off, right? Yes. They also then tried to uh, <laughs> just say it was just some. I mean, people sometimes wonder why I take against the word content and football three six fives justification for putting that out. Where they basically said well, it was a slow week. It's just some content. Yeah, that's why some lies. Yeah, they just put it traffic, out. And traffic to chase. It. Yeah, lazy, lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Have some pride in yourselves, right? Um, Villa got some nominations as a concept just for being a bit. The cheating mainly, twisty, yeah. not putting the ball out. Also, um, Buendia got several nominations for um, for channeling the spirit of Dean Smith, um, Fergus. Yeah, Bellend, cheating little fanny, so we've covered off both bases there. <laughs> and then he, uh, scored for, uh, he scored for Newcastle at the weekend as well. 
That's the other unhelpful part of um, Aston Villa this week is that they went to Newcastle and lost. Did you see what happened after he did that? He was part of the wall, wasn't he? Mm. He was kind of he was like a second wall who then deflected it in. And as soon as the ball hits him, Tyrone Mings just shoves him. <laughs> shoves him right over. Because <laughs> he's a he's a lunatic who can't control his body. He just instinctively goes, Oh just just shoves him. What'd like, you do that for? <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> I was really amused by that. If you've not seen it, just watch it. He's he's just really cross with him, so he just shoves him. What did they pay for Buendia? It was like 35, 40 million, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which is ridiculous. He's, he's at best a 20 million footballer. You know, like people complain we've overpaid for Dan James. I always quite fancied Buendia, and I thought, oh, well, if we could get him for under 20 million, then he'd be, he'd be worth it. Look good at Norwich. Yeah. In the championship. Um, Coutinho does get mentioned for being too good at Villa, actually. Um, mm. Like some sort of uh, cheat mode. And again, no good against Newcastle. Yeah. Because about five good minutes when um, they exploited Trippier going off for a while before Newcastle went five at the back. Coutinho looked good in then. The rest of the time, anonymous. Um, some Just other, another Leeds-hating bastard. Some other Villa nominations. Philip had a few, actually. Uh, McGinn, face, concert, elbow. Martinez, saw thigh uh, by the grass. Mm. Um, then Ken has uh, gone for the combined Aston Villa synchronised diving team and drama club um, and the Murfield Rover as well. Tyrone Mings for his whatever his performance art is that it was that he did in that game. He is, he is spectacular as an individual. Yes, right. Who else? Well, there are a few sort of vaguely Rafinha-related things. It's, it's not really him. It's his it's, betrothed, isn't it? Yeah. Boniem nominates marriage. I don't want this to become mm. a theme of my villain nominations, but it's clearly had an effect on um, on Rafa. Um, and that's after only one day of nagging. Come on. <laughs> we're on more, we're more enlightened times now, Boniem. That's, that's Jack, not good. Jack Harrison's accent, which is a good name because it, it is a weird thing. Um, says weddings, ban weddings in the season, destroyed Rafinha in the last two games. In fact, ban anything in the season that doesn't involve football. So no weddings, no engagements, and no having children. Um, from a twisted knacker in Ketia to Harrison's Miss Columbia, Rafinha's wedding, Bamford and James Newborns. It doesn't help. All that crap should be done. From, <laughs> All that crap should be done from June to the end of July. Just ban women. It's their fault. Ban, right. ban Valentine's Day as well. Okay. Wow. So. We, our squad need to live like monks, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and sorry to our, our female listeners as well. Because yeah. th- these don't represent our views. They're the views of our other terrible listeners. I think he, he spiralled the yeah. Jack Harrison's accent <laughs> there. Got yeah. carried away by the end. Yeah, yeah very much so. But yeah, a few other Jack, um, Kit and... Uh, they're all called Jack, all these people. Another three Jacks all, all nominating. They might be one guy filling out the form several times. But um, yeah, essentially all saying... Uh, Jet lag. Uh, yeah, very, various Rafinha excuses. Uh, Neymar got some stick as well from other Jack yeah okay uh, <laughs> this is good uh, Joe we've moved on to Joe's from Jack's bedwetting Leeds fans this was post, post Villa post Villa yeah saying uh, mm. yeah so, we should enjoy this right for at least mm. a couple of days till we have to play yeah. Everton um, time makes fool of us all doesn't it mm. yeah Kurt Zuma we forgot to touch on any of that mm. um, for his cat kicking antics uh, so you can have a nomination yeah, not not really relate to us, but yeah. No, not necessarily made us miserable over the last week, but still. Yeah, it wasn't nice though, was it? No. It was a, it was miserable in the sense that just something that you didn't need happening in the Premier League. I remember seeing that come on the news, but you know, Kurt Zuma filmed kicking a cat's off, for God's sake. Why? Just don't. Don't kick a cat, don't film it, you don't, don't do any of this. If you don't like cats, don't buy one. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's really simple. I, I'm not. I'm not a cat man. I have to say, mm. I won't kick one, I don't, and I certainly won't buy one and then kick it. No, because no. what would be the point? And have a child hold it up while you punch it. Strange, strange way to behave. And then let's nominate Moyes as well. Just don't pick him for a game. Yeah, like it just needed a punishment, didn't it? And then all of this would have been done. But just they did punish him, but financially. But the problem is that it came they, after the event, didn't it? Like they did after that after he played. played yeah. yeah, and it's it would have been so easy if and 
I wrote it on the blog at one point. If he was playing, if on the morning I was looking at a video of Michael belting a cat around and we were recording. <laughs> which happens all the time, which is And we it. were recording a podcast at lunchtime. I'd maybe say, don't come in. Like, mm. go and just stay away yeah. until we've discussed what this cat business is all about. And we'll have somebody else can do it. And if we had, you know, David Moyes has got a squad of 20 at minimum. So he's got plenty of other people who he can play. You, a hate, guy an- who, you hate animals, don't you? One of them is that Diop guy that played against us and we saw how bad he was. Well, that's their problem for not having enough. I mean, <laughs> that's, we, that's more or less what Moyes said, though, wasn't it? It was like, he's one of my best players. Absolutely. And then can you do? What, what and am I supposed said, to do here? And then he says, you won't get a more disciplinarian manager in the Premier League than me. Clearly we would, because anybody else would have just said, right, you're not playing tonight because mm. I've just been watching you. Even just bringing the club into disrepute is a good enough reason to say mm. you're out of it for a, a day or two. Michael, you've, you've, strang- you've strangled the pigeon. You can't come on the podcast this week. Well, pigeons. Rats, aren't they, more or less? Well, just, this rats. is your exact attitude towards animals. Stephen Gerrard gets nominations for being nice about us as well. <laughs> and uh, Dan James... Uh, nominated for refusing to go off. I mean, this feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Mm, for possibly being a prick. This has been turned into an urban myth. I don't think he did. I think he was just no. chuntering to himself yeah. after the after it was mooted that he might have to go off because he picked up a bit of a knock and or a yellow card. And he was like, no, fuck off, I'm not going off. Yeah, and it was pretty... The, there was the shot of Bielsa afterwards as well where he looks at him and gives him two thumbs up. Like, you yeah. okay? Just yeah. And that was all it was. Are you okay to carry on? It's like, yeah, of course I am. Yeah, and, and then he just kept. like... And he was just going to take me off, you know, muttering to himself as you would, because you would not cross Bielsa. Post-Everton, let's do the villains from that. Coutinho get, gets another one. Mm, this time for making us have to run more mm. and then being tired. Right. Which is, you know, fair enough, I suppose. I wish this microphone was a penis. Um, I think somebody's done that to make us say it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, that's the name of the person who's, uh, who's sent this in. Uh, wants to nominate Angus Kinnear for gaslighting about the pathway for youth players. That's not what gaslighting is. Gaslighting is where you make somebody feel like they're going insane, isn't it? So you might, for example, well, he's, he's, I think that's his point. Is he's that, telling us that, yeah, he's. Telling it's not us gaslighting. That, oh, it's all about. It's all yeah, about the pathway. Are you gaslighting us to say that this isn't gaslighting? <laughs> I think he's gaslighting. He's, no, he's not. He's not. He'd be saying. He'd be saying. Well, you know, it's all about the pathway for the young players. What you're talking about? You're all wrong. You. It's not. It's that just. It's, kind of it's, an expla- it's an explanation, isn't it? Gaslighting no. is where you make people think they're going mad. Yeah, so Angus Kinnear keeps saying that there is a pathway for young players and I wish this microphone, this microphone, one I'm pointing out was a penis, yeah. is pointing out that in his view there is not um, a pathway for youth players. So Angus well, Kinnear... Those are about opinions. It's about Im- Im- opinions about the implementation. Well, it's he's not... accusing Angus Kinnear of making us, right. yeah. of trying to make us all feel mad by telling us that your team is full of youth players and we look at it and, you know, Tyler Roberts is technically 23. So it's that, that's the the thing. I don't necessarily agree. I mean, I was talking about the, the youth players and how they used, you know, the week that they are nearer the, the first team squad than they are at other clubs. And so them coming on as every, so Leo Helder is not going to take over as first choice left back, but when Stuart Dallas can't play and Furbo isn't there, he will come on and play and then get mortally wounded by, by before 90 minutes is up. So Although um, what I wish this microphone was a penis does say is all of it can fuck off. Yeah, I think which is, is, he captures, or she is correctly angry. Captures the mood. I mean, the youth pathway is interesting because we don't, we do seem to only use them when we absolutely have to, which is not the same as a pathway necessarily. That's yep. not, it's not introducing people mm. in, like gradually into the team. It's, it's kind of, it's basically Melier plays all the time and then the rest of them. Yeah, I do, I do think it's a poor excuse for not signing players when we quite clearly demonstrably need them. It's, yeah, um, th- those are two, they're two kind of separate things. It's like, would we have benefited from some more better players? Yes. But do we also want to 
is the pathway there for young players. And it's kind of, I mean, it's always been the way with young players is they have to wait for an opportunity, which is basically you wait for a player to be injured and then you go in and, and that's your chance. Because Somerville is kind of the, the arch situation of if he wants to be playing every week, then we have to drop Rafinha. And we're not going to do that. Whereas if Rafinha had got injured, we know that Somerville then gets bumped up the, the queue. So he's much nearer the team than he is at the moment. But if Rafinha just stays being fit for, you know, every game until that he leaves, then tough. It's kind of, it's just, it's a, it's a break that you don't get as a, a young player. A lot of it is luck when you were a youngster. And then um, the Gelhart thing has obviously been done to death. But I suppose it is, there's an interesting, when you rule out the reasons why Bielsa might be not picking it's sure it can't be that he hates him he can't be doing it to wind up Leeds fans there's got to be something what and the question I guess that you want the answer to is what is it in training that Gellhart's not doing that you don't that you want to see um, and you mentioned that with Ryan Edmondson once where he's like just before he got injured I saw in a training session everything I want to see is about to go in so I don't know if the, if that question was put to him that way if he might say well in training he's not doing X or Y and that that means I play Roberts instead you know, trying to get down to what what that's actually about. It's, it's unknowable, isn't it? Yeah. And let's talk about Frank Lampard instead. Loads of nominations for him um, for reasons that will be obvious. There's lots of swear words here, lots of shade thrown. Best, I think, possibly summed up by what Jelly said, which is, I hope he takes his team on a mini training camp to Ibiza to celebrate this monumental victory and burns his gigantic helip- <laughs> helipad-sized bald spot. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. There's, there's a bit of um, some flights of fancy going in here. Scrooge McHutch as well as said, um, I wish John Terry had the minerals to shag your wife instead of Wayne Bridges. Um, <laughs> never minded Everton as a club, but now you've ruined that and all. So he's he's basically wanting a time travelling um, John Terry to have sex with. I think John Terry, Christine Lampard. I think John Terry prob- prob- Lampard. He probably considers himself capable of time travel. Quite possibly. Yeah. Well, he's got the um, through the metaverse. Yeah, exactly. Lampard's uh, the TV's Lampard obsession also gets nominations as well as you were pointing out. Oscar on the match ball. Too many reaction shots of him. Media darling, don't like it. And he was Con- laughing as well. I don't like him laughing. Even if, you know, we've seen Bielsa on the right side of some big wins with us. You never see him chuckling on the side, do you? You never see him get joy from anything, do you? <laughs> no. um, Bielsa gets nominations here and this is what's... Uh, I mean, like, mm. this is re- done reluctantly. Like Joe says, Bielsa, unfortunately. Kevin says, just fucking play a midfield, please. Wisconsin Todd saying, feels dirty even writing it, but he's got to wear this one. Um, yeah, which we all said. Yeah. it's It was on him, the team... Selection didn't work. Yeah, and Kit saying, saying it's all on him this week. I've never nominated him before. However, I wouldn't want anyone else as our manager. Mm. That's the, that's the weird kind of uh, paradox that we're in at the minute, isn't and it? Like, is that we're we're dissatisfied with some of the things that he's doing, but dear God, we all love him. And like Peter trying desperately to not blame Bielsa, not nominate Bielsa's optician <laughs> for potentially not giving him the right equipment to yeah. make the right decisions. <laughs> Bad workman blaming his tools and all that. Mm. I, I like the. Um, Tom Cull's nomination for Helder Costa. All gone downhill since he left. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. It was good last season, wasn't it? Uh, Leeds United as a whole, fair enough. Yeah. Understandably so, because for ruining weekends. Uh, Click gets a nomination for his uh, lack of presence in midfield. The crossbar, was it the angle? Uh, Yeah, whatever it was. If if the net was bigger, Mm. wouldn't be an issue, would it? Which we, on our extra ball rule changes one, we did did make the nets bigger, didn't we? If it was proportional to Jordan Pickford's height. Mm. Yeah. then we would, it would have been two clear goals very easy <laughs> we, were, we got into the realms of adjustable nets that were adjusted mm-hmm. per goalkeeper so the, the net had to be a height as a proportion oh, it's one of the, the smaller yeah. ones actually isn't he Pickford but yeah. he's still probably bigger he than a, a couple of inches but he's got no reach with his arms has he yeah he's I'm, bigger than a Victorian though which is what the 
goal sizes were made on. Yeah, so. yeah. We've, yeah, humankind has grown since Victorian times, so maybe the goals need to be enlarged. I mean, John, did you see, by the way, there's a news report this morning, Tuesday morning, of um, Pickford getting into a brawl over, do you see at Newcastle, um, there was the T-Rex person dressed as a T-Rex in the, go- like in the stand behind him, just sat there in a full costume, <laughs> you know, because he's supposed to have the little flappy arms. And um, so they were mocking him all throughout that. Pickford is from Sunderland, so obviously Newcastle, was Sunderland. Was it Tino Espria? Because he's got a T-Rex outfit. I don't know. He was riding. Was, he, was Tino Espria riding a horse dressed as a T Rex one? Quite possibly. Fever dream. Possibly. Yeah, we'll have to find out. Have to, we'll but anyway, yeah. Up. So, so there's obviously the he'll have gone out on the. Did he get into a fight with them? Apparently so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, throwing punches like Scrappy do, maybe. But anyway, different, uh, different story, different day. Moscow, you've got some attacks here. People not liking yeah. uh, you for Angus Kinnear Shill. Mm. Uh, stand up for yourself. Constant happy clapping. Yep. I actually. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot on there. I made the mistake of looking at the YouTube comments as well. I actually listened back to the match ball this morning on the way in. And I don't know what I said that was happy. <laughs> I think I said that I liked matches, clicks, glasses. That was positive. I had talked about, I directed us to aggregate to get out of talking about the game. Yeah. And then I sort of disputed with you that we can never win with three at the back because as we've talked about on the propaganda, it's amazing that we mm. actually we win 75% of the games playing that way. And then I also said that Everton played really well and we played really badly and they're two sides of the same thing. So if that's me being too happy clappy for people... I think you were, you're not, you're not in him. You don't kind of like getting involved in the bloodletting, I think, is no. that is after these things. Whereas, I mean, I'm quite happy to concede I'm a reactionary arsehole when it comes to football. Yeah. I'm a child. I think so as well. What I, what I will say in, in your defence of that is, is Moscow is that People might think if they're saying you're an Angus Kinnish Hill, because I think people think because you've got like a seat in the Gantry West Stand, you're in some way. Oh, hang on. Um, Gantry, we so you're in some way like you know have to have certain opinions. Your shit opinions are all your own. I know. Yes. That, I know this to be a fact because you very much have them off air. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it might just be. It's just me. I, I, think, I think honestly, you're, you're actually just more philosophical about it. Like when I get away from football and when I go and think about, it, I think, what are you doing? Why are you getting so angry? At what they're doing why do you feel so miserable and that's why I went away and as I said on propaganda went and broke it down about what I'm actually here for why am I trying what am I trying to get out of watching football and I just think you're more philosophical and you can see big picture whereas when it comes to the match ball it is all about reacting to what you've just seen in the last couple of hours but you tend to be able to focus on the fact that we'll probably be all right this season and I know deep down we probably will because the teams below us mm. are terrible but sort of, uh, I don't know it's quite detached it's sort of like for the same reasons that I didn't go on the um, the promotion live stream was because I looked at that and it was full of loads of like shirtless, happy people screaming with their um, <laughs> joy. And I was, there was just absolutely no way I was going to be able to do any of that. So I was like sat in bed with a beer and watched it because I would have brought the mood down. Um, and I think I'd sort of bring the mood down as well when everything's bad because I can't do that either so maybe I should just fuck off <laughs> probably the easiest thing to do like if I'm not even you know if I'm not actually being saying anything that's happy but even when I do disagree with you and I almost want you to indulge in the up, ups and downs of it I also know that you're right you know on the one hand you're well, right let's and, not go that far I mean my, no no I mean I don't mean I don't mean like you're not always going to be 100% correct but I mean I know it's right to be more philosophical about it but I just I can't do it not when the game's on not when they put me through the ringer and as I said over on propaganda this is my joy this is my escapism and obviously our, our, our livelihoods are attached to it now. So it kind of almost doubles down in terms of significance. Mm. And it pisses me off I when, mean, when my, when my joy is drained um, by these fuckers. Moscow's obviously got his 
he's five grand a month for Angus Kinnear that comes in. Yeah. So that, that kind of yeah. that supplements his income. He's obviously delighted with how positive <laughs> I was being after the Everton game. Him and Radford Zani were like, yeah, those are definitely the messages we want the, the fans to hear. That How are your socios tokens getting on, by the way? Well, he's, he just keeps <laughs> pumping them my way. Since uh, I thought that, it was cash out, cash out of the um, the tills in the um, in the shop, isn't it? Because it just pops out the west stand, goes in there, fills an envelope, brings it round. Anything I can get for my uh, conformative <laughs> is that a word? Yeah, conforming opinions. Um, I'm out for it as long as it uh, specifically if it comes out of the pockets of real fans. Yes, fine. Um, in Christ, if somebody was having a go at me over on propaganda for because I'm because de- we ended up talking about aggregates, then ended up talking about the fact that I'm putting down artificial turf. For killing bees. I was like, what are the bees going to do on your little plastic lawn? It's like, it was mud before because we've got, do you know why? Because about three metres away, we've got loads of fucking big trees that mean I never get any sunlight. Which you, which you also hate. Well, yeah, I do. Well, they've all got tree protection orders on them, so I'm trying to poison them. You put you copper nails to, into all of those trees. <laughs> you want to put a car park there, right? Is that how you get rid of trees? Copper nails? <laughs> yeah, it kills them. Oh, really? Because mm. uh, I could do with some light towards the back, so I, I could actually Biel, grow some grass I think Bielsa's probably got some spare from knocking them all into the trees at Thorpe Arch <laughs> that, he, that he doesn't like, that the, <laughs> that the club are not allowed to uh, remove. Yeah, because what I mean, I know, I know bees famously love um, swampy mud, which is all I had in my garden before, because there's no sunlight around the back. Um, so it was either mud or artificial grass. Look at all the trees at the back. How many trees do you need, bees? Getting Sick away of it. from uh, getting away from the natural world was your whole reason for moving to Bradford in the first place. If you want to live what? somewhere nice, Can, I mean, you say that my um, the vent from my you know the cooker hood that pumps the air outside. Fucking wasps nest in that last year. Saying the thing, you see, you, you support nature. I do. You see, welcome I, those wasps. I, I did, and do you know what? I did you, actually you, leave them. You welcomed them to a point until you sprayed raid all over them. <laughs> that is true. But it got to, I got stung a few times, so I got, mm. I got fed up with being stung. So I let them have a nice time in my vent for a while. Mm. Went in there and fucked them. Mm. We'll um, we'll move this uh, conversation forward again once your um, aggregate sponsorship becomes public knowledge. <laughs> say, somebody did reach out to me and said, hey, "Listen, we do aggregate. <laughs> Give us a ring." Yeah. Turns out it's the same cost as. Uh, sadly, I mean, they did agree. Well, they're not offering you any cheap. I haven't actually rung them up to get. Uh, it was kind of if you speak to Sansa in the office and say you mentioned me. Do you know might, who I am? They might, they might, they might say if you say that, like, like Brian told you to ring up, they might give you a discount. But I, don't, I feel cheeky doing that, mm. you know. So I, I don't mind paying for it. And actually, with the delivery charge, it works out. Bit, about it's the a bit show, isn't it? Trying to get cheap aggregate. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, only, it's only like forty quid a ton, so it's fine. It's I'll, fine. I'll just buy it. It's fine, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway. Um, Mike's son but if, was you do, if you do know somebody who's got any type one <laughs> and so on yeah Mike's son was nominated by Mike he says um, my newborn son bought him a little kit and everything sat through that and feel like throwing it in the bin <laughs> <laughs> the kit not my son being the white man might not be best pleased if the son went in the bin to be fair he was sick at full time but even so I'm now looking at him as a jinx <laughs> it's because, there's been a little just been a little thread running through this show of like of misogyny <laughs> and, and, kind of, and, and hatred of of women and families, which is mm. not what we're here for. It is. It is difficult to have to have a a, a family though after a game yeah. like the Everton one because I would I did go home and basically just want to be left alone. Yeah, and also for the day after, ideally. Yeah, and instead you're going to like just got to do stuff, aren't you? And chat to people like you're a normal human being again, <laughs> and you're just like just fucking look on your look on your family, your adoring wife, and your two beautiful children as a blessing for the way that they can bring you out of these despairing moments and make you feel happy and see meaning and purpose in the world again. I mean, like... You Those know, two little darlings. <laughs> I think it was, it was... I'm going to need a bigger bin. It was, it was Valentine's Day on uh, on Monday as well, wasn't it? So you got in that situation. You know, when you're in a long-term relationship, it's, you kind of just, you know, tick a box, don't you? And get, you get the card, you send it to each other. Oh, did, you, did you not no card? That poor woman. We agreed no card. Oh, yeah, but that's bad. 
It's nice. It's a fucking made up day. It's a stupid thing. Yeah, but it's still nice, isn't it? So just to show a bit of appreciation. Well, you do it on another day. Don't exactly. do it on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Michael is always surprised. I was going to say, I, exactly. I, I was on Sunday. I'm nice all the time. On Sunday night when I was trying to write write mine, I was like, well, I'm bereft. I've got Not no, like you, oh. you're a fucking monster. <laughs> well, you, you, you give me your birthday and Valentine's Day off. You're horrible the rest of the time, I reckon. <laughs> Thanks for saying Based those last Based upon nothing. <laughs> Thanks for saying those last two words. <laughs> all right. All right, quickly, so let's get through well, this. Speaking, speaking of children as well. I was going to say, um, we've run long here, so let's rattle through yeah, these. Sorry, An- Anthony Gordon, mm. um, Aaron nominates him for, it looks like his parents might be related, the inbred prick. <laughs> so fair enough. Moscow did describe him as looking very scouse. Yeah, he's, you'd pick him out a mile off, wouldn't mm. you? It's um, from Liverpool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> With, uh, obviously, Joffy, McGurk, Forshaw, Dean, you're all fine. No problems. You, you uh, blend into wider society quite well. Right, who... who... But you're... Uh, <laughs> Brother Gordon, however. Who, who's your villain of the week? Is it Frank Lampard? Yeah, can we, please? Because that was the worst thing of it, wasn't it? He chuckle, didn't even do Chuckle anything. some little bastard. He didn't even do anything that bad, did he? But He was chuckling. He was laughing. Don't laugh on the sidelines. I don't know who else does that. You don't... Even Pep Guardiola doesn't sit there and giggle, does he, when he's winning mm. a game? And, you know, Klopp is obviously... He's just he's trying to just frighten somebody. But you don't... Nobody else... Sean Dyche isn't there going... Oh, <laughs> Mm. And that's the worst part. And it's that horrible that it was his little chuckle as well. I just hate a chuckle coming out of him. <laughs> right, great. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah good. Give yeah. it to Lampard. Yeah, fine. Um, all right, the Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week Award. I feel like this could be uh, a bit two-tone. This um... Gitano played almost a full 90, actually, mm. this week. I looked him up. He played eight. Yeah, he came off in the 88th minute. So it's good to see him I'm... starting games again. I didn't. Did you check the results? They lost. Ah. Um, um, look. Rafinha got a post, couple of post Villa nominations for Hero of the Week. We should say got a mention for Villain of the Week as well for already packing his bags. Said suggested uh, Roger. We I mean, did say um, it did said not a villain, but it, that's still coming I, under the villain section. I would like to know what he was thought, thinking, sat on that bench, <laughs> looking at the pitch, just going, "Why am I here? What? what? How has this happened?" Uh, he gets a couple of Hero nominations um, for the post. It's post Villa. These aren't they? Dan James obviously gets loads for his goals and his work rate. Um, everyone loving. Yeah, Dan James. The little, the little Dan James bastard. Got- he got so many, and everyone calling him a little scum bastard, which is which, which is delightful. <laughs> Obviously, it has to be that little scum bastard played pretty well. The little scum paper boy, um, <laughs> Dan James, the little scum rat, was excellent and never stopped running. Um, <laughs> oh, oh god! Right, um, let's go on to all the nominations. Oh, Bielsa got a hero nomination for the, the, the system works. Says oh. Benny looks, the system works. <laughs> We just need, yeah. and to be fair, there is truth in here in that we just need a world class central defensive midfielder fit, i.e., Calvin Phillips. Yes, hard to argue with that, but still. Uh, Joe says, shame on all the doubters. The tune he's getting out of this very injury ravaged squad is amazing. That's not aged well, has it? That's aged like milk. Yeah. Uh, Rodrigo. Well, I'm going to pause and just go, what other club is losing Stuart Dallas after five minutes in that game? Mm-hmm. We, and then his replacement. Well, nobody else flogs their players to death. And then his does. replacement crawling off the pitch at the end in pieces as well it's just maybe he is flogging them too hard but at the same time what the hell just, <laughs> it surely can't be that bad right Rodrigo gets nominations for being brilliant at Villa uh, for being involved in all the goals mm. involved he, in Everton's goal as well wasn't he mm, was he I can't remember oh, yeah, yeah. yeah of walking off when Van der Beek was uh, Tyrone uh, Tyro Mings we'll have a lot of Mings for his contribution to this he gets some hero nominations mm. for, for whatever it is that he's trying to do Scrooge saying Scrooge McHutch says uh, for giving me inspiration that um, he can still be a Premier League and international footballer which is nice 
Um, yeah, very odd. Very odd. Yeah, he does, does some it, good well, assists. He does say what uh, is proof that you can be whatever you want when you grow up. And Scrooge, <laughs> Scrooge McHutch is thirty. I am just looking up this time uh, yet. Yeah, he got whoscored.com gave him seven point seven. What? Um, That's really high. Diego Llorente got six and a half. Stroik got six point seven. What did, um, what did Melier get? Because he was Melier got six point four. Rafinha, well, yeah, Rafinha was no good. Are these the Villa rankings? So, uh, the game, yeah, the game against Villa. So uh, Rodrigo was probably our best player against Villa, wasn't he? He got seven point one. Dan James got the highest rating because he got the two goals, eight point six. But yeah, Mings only. I mean, Coutinho got nine, but only Coutinho, Ramsey with seven point eight were the only two players from Villa that scored better than Mings. Hmm. So, uh, you know, who am it's I to what, doubt? It's not what the eyes were telling me. Who am I to doubt the analytical model that uh, informs the, the statistical engine behind whoscored.com? We've just got to accept Tyrone Mings, Player of the Week. Strauch got a nomination from Stanos for being a brilliant talent who's never phased by anybody. Uh, Michael, this feels a little bit egotistical because you do put this sheet together. It was on. It was on. It was submitted. I'm going to put it on. And Tom suggests you uh, should be nominated for having to listen to Brummy and Brummies and Scousers this week. And one who was a Brummy Scouser. Yeah, as it funny. turned out. Uh, but no, you're not having it. Um, so let's go. Let's go post Everton. Nobody. Yeah. Yorkie Dave quotes the Stranglers and says, "No more heroes anymore." No, says I wish this microphone was a penis. Jelly says, "No, I really don't." Uh, no, nobody wants to nominate a hero. So. We could probably close it there. Rodrigo got a few. Yeah, for he was basically the only person who really got any um, after after that shit well, show. Well, as Cornish Mike said, he won the crossbar challenge not once but twice. Mm. Um, Dan James for having lots of energy says Simo Melier for the save. Uh, Philip picks him out. My aggregate got a couple of nominations, which is more than Dan James got. Mm-hmm. Um, Melier is a good shout. Six goals conceded, and yet still probably played brilliantly in both. And that's and again. He's off to Barcelona, isn't he? So who, who cares? They can't afford him. The save from Rodan or Rondon, whoever it was, the guy at the <laughs> end was stupendous. And I was trying to think, I started, I mean, I know I'm against wishing the season away, but I started thinking who is player of the season. I don't know if we give it to the goalkeeper is on course to concede more goals than probably any other team in the Premier League. There's only Norwich have conceded more goals than us. It's hilarious. I love this. Part of me is kind of, I know I'm going off topic here, but loving the fact that we have conceded, um, where's our goals against? So we've conceded 46 and Burnley have conceded merely 29 and yet we're way above Burnley in the table and they've only won one game. It's funny, isn't it? I just love imagining Sean Dyche looking at that (laughs) statistic. They can't even fucking defend. And we can't. It doesn't sound like that. How would he sound? They can't even fucking defend. And yet we'll be staying up and Burnley going down. Mm, Drawing every game as they seem to be determined to do. Um, Apart from the ones they lose. (laughs) All right, let's move it forward. Yelda gets a nomination for coming into a tough game and he's obviously now broken. David Bowie. Are we going Bowie or Bowie? David. David. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ziggy. He's uh, getting a nomination from Wisconsin Todd for writing perfect lyrics to summarise the game. All the nightmares came today and it looks as though they're here to stay. Great. Moscow, you get a nomination. No. Um, no. Pew in midfield is suggesting you've got a measured summary of the squad in general and the game. No. Blah, 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 blah. Just, just not nonsense. interested. Rob, coming in from the under-29s, um, he gets a nomination from Jack Harrison's mm. accent. Uh, see, I put, you, I put, see, I put your nominations on it too. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting a nomination for not backing down against Moscow. I think that's definitely worthy of being of some consideration <laughs> this week. 3pm kickoffs, yeah, bollocks. Not mm. anyone. 
idiot bitch, the um, the voice we had on last week's propaganda, the Man United fan, and he's on this week as well. If you haven't heard that one yet, go back and listen. Um, not doing an idiot bitch this week, but still uh, good fun. And finally, Mason Holgate does look like Jermaine Beckford's illegitimate son. Actually, there's a real yeah, yeah there's a close resemblance when he turns in profile. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, he was. At, I mean, it doesn't. He doesn't quite. I, don't, I know he was at Everton, but I don't think the sums add up. I don't. I don't think the dates add up for Jermaine no, for no. his brief stay in, in Merseyside. He would. He probably still in his RAC days. Maybe he was. Maybe he was call, doing a call out in. Um, in Liverpool at some stage. Repairing a car on the M62. <laughs> Actually, where's, where's Mason Holgate from? He's probably not even from, uh, probably not even from Liverpool, is he? But, uh, you know, wh- wherever he was, I think Jermaine should have to account for this. <laughs> He's from Doncaster. Oh. That oh. changes things, doesn't it? So, mm. Doncaster 25 although, years ago. Although born in 1996. Mm. <laughs> it seems... How old was Jermaine Beckford in 1996? Let's find out because if we're going to accuse him of something I need to get the facts right so 1996 <laughs> minus 1983 I 13 <laughs> with 13 year old Jermaine Beckford feels like a big ask but maybe Jermaine has a big brother who could be uh, I suppose he can't be called maybe his name is Holgate I don't know maybe he's actually <laughs> there's a, a, a longer relation maybe it's another Beckford I feel like you're, you're digging yourself into a hole so let's get out of that hole and just pick a hero of the week Jermaine is innocent I think legally we should we should say Jermaine is innocent. Fine, come on, let's let's pick one. Who is it? Nobody. Um, Dan James, Melier. Dan James got us a point this week, didn't he? Mm. I suppose. And he did have the kind of um, like proving the doubters wrong. He can play at centre forward, and, and then to it. proving the doubters right. Mm. <laughs> Not long afterwards, um, but yeah. he wasn't terrible against Everton, was he? He was fine. I like the fact that he looks confused with everything. He looks, mm. you know, after something's happened on the pitch that he's been involved in, he always looks like he's, um, he's sort of chewing himself up inside somehow. I mean, that the substitution thing kind of summed him up where he's just walking around going, fucking hell, I don't know what it's on about. We could do it. Is it, is it Dan James? Yeah, go on. The, well, in, in the week of scum, let's yeah, give it to a scummer. Give him some uh, something to boost the little scum bastard before we play the big scum bastards. <sighs> right, there we go. Well, it was a, a difficult week. Some difficult shows were promised this week, weren't they? Mm. Um, Wait until next week. When we set about this. It's going to be great. Well, that leads me on to my next thought, is that hopefully it's, it's a bit better next week, but, you know, no promises. You'll find the square ball, all accounts have been deleted this time <laughs> next week. No trace left. Uh, just go live on a remote Scottish island or something with no internet, and no uh, no car access, but we'll, we'll get through it. We'll stick together. We'll be all right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll speak to you next week. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.